God help us. Let me just say a quick prayer. Um, God, as we're about to share this part of the story, we know it's very delicate and there's a likelihood that some you know wounds might be opened. We just ask for the presence of your Holy Spirit to you know cover us today and help us to you know, get to where we need to get to, not from a voyeuristic or curiosity, clean curiosity standpoint, but from a place to set stories free, to set lives free, and to encourage those that might be going through this. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. That's amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hey there, welcome to the More Simple Podcast. My name is Mo. I created this podcast as a resource for Blacks, Asians, and those who love them to share stories and processes and build community around important issues. On this show, you get to hear amazing stories from people like you who show us how to get more out of life. The stories featured on this platform are by people whose journey I'm inspired by, and most importantly, people who have been courageous and vulnerable to be open about their life stories. And I hope that in turn, you'll find these stories inspiring. All right, guys. Um, I have to say that quick prayer because what we're going to be talking about today is divorce. And <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know anything about this part of the story. You don't know. I don't know anything yet. So, um, but I'm, I want to hear, I want to listen. So I think for the first time in a very long time, I'm actually going to keep my mouth shut a lot because I want to give my particular, um, this particular guest, the opportunity to share their stories, however they want to share. You might already know her from the show because she was here just, you know, some months or weeks ago, depending on when this episode, you know, will be aired. And she's not, she's not a stranger. If you also came for the sex conference we had in May, um, which, you know, is still available on my website, if you want to go learn more about it, it's a paid course and you can learn more about sex from a sex therapist's point of view, from a pastor's point of view, and also a sex educator's point of view. All right. Um, so this is Olayinka, Olayinka She is spectacular in every sense of that word. She is a, an events management manager. She's also very passionate about youth. She's a sex therapist. She is actually a certified sex therapist and coach. And she works currently as a project manager for um, Altera Capital, where she manages the Lagos offices. And she also loves to sing, dance, read, and watch movies. And she's very passionate about people. And she credits her faith in God for, you know, steering her life back to the right path. And so a lot of what you hear today will be her story, focusing on her divorce and how, you know, that has shaped, you know, her life to today. So I'm going to have her just start from the very beginning. And like I said, a lot of the questions I'll be asking is just to clarify and, and maybe to expand on some of the things she's sharing. But literally, she's taking the stage and the mic, well, not literally, but you get what I mean. So everyone, without further ado, welcome back my second time guest on the podcast. Hi, Yinka. Hello. <laughs> and I love that I can see your face, even though I'm not going to release the video because, you know, I look like a hot oh. But I like that I can get to see your radiant face again. And um, like I said, thank That's you so much for doing this with me. Because I feel like a lot of us, well, myself included, it's an opportunity to get to hear your story. Mm. In talking about, you know, I just want to also make a delineation is that in that, you know, um, I want you to focus on your story, knowing that the other person too might have their own story. And absolutely, if you, I will believe that this is your story, but there might be room for just maybe 
if I'm sure if we were to find being the other person on the show, they might have something to say. So I want to always give that space for you know, there's your story, there's their story, and there's something else in the middle that I call like what the actual truth is. So that said, um, I want you to you know be very you know take own your story and just say what you even the thing the parts that you might feel like you were complicit in, you know, because I really want to learn from you and I, and I hope that the audience too can learn from you. And if for those that haven't listened to the first episode of Yinka, you're really doing yourself a big disservice. So what you want to do right now is just to pause this particular episode and go catch up. Because we're not going to be covering like the basic stuff where we talked about her background. But let me just help you a little bit. Because I don't like when my students don't do the assignments before coming to class. <clears throat> <laughs> this is it. A quick story about Yinka. Yinka was born into a polygamous home. She is the last of six kids. She has three brothers and two sisters. And she's very passionate about people. So now we're going to ask I'm going to, you know, have her talk to us about, you know, marriage and dating and then eventual divorce and also maybe the hope of marriage. So let's start from the very, very beginning. Like when you started dating, how old were you when you started dating? I think I was 23 when I started dating my my first, and I wouldn't call it dating because I was dating the guy, the guy was not dating me. We're in a situation ship. Yeah, well, I'll show you, yeah. <laughs> yes. So we practically dated for like nine months, out of which six months we fought. So on my birthday, I was the one reminding him, yeah, it's my birthday. Yeah. And that does not mean that he wished me happy birthday. So I was in the relationship, but the guy was not in the relationship. So that was my first experience. Okay. And it, it wasn't a good one. Okay. So by the time, you know, the relationship, quote unquote, was over, I was I was battered. I was hot mm-hmm. because for me, I my own was just date once and marry. There was no uh, Jekama Shere, No, there was, yeah. there was nothing like that. So he it it he ah he pierced through a hole in my heart. I didn't like it. Wow. So um, now let's talk about the person you eventually married. Like, how did you guys meet, and how long did you guys date for? So I remember 2009. I had a very young friend that we were close before I left. So she was like, ah, there's somebody that I will, that has been asking for your number. And I said, give the person mm. my number. It's not a big deal. So we started to talk. We started to talk even before I met him. So we spoke on the phone for like three weeks before I physically met him. And he was like, I had seen you a, a lot of times. You know, God had told me about you, that you are going to be my wife, blah, blah, blah. But I really just wanted you to grow up. Well, at that time, you were still pretty young. So I said, okay, I will not uh, pick up your calls anymore if I don't see you physically. As in, let me put a face to you. You know me. I don't know you. Anyways, that's how I met him. And so what I saw was different from what I had in mind. You know, like a young girl, you wanted a tall, dark. He was not nowhere close to that. So, but there was something that was clear. And I told him, I said, if one or two people tell me that, Molanika, uh, this relationship, I don't think you should go into it. Money, I won't bother. Because my first relationship had taught me a lesson. So I was going to be very open about it. So I told Broyomi, well, he was the first person I told about him. Yeah. Yes. To say, what do you think about this guy? And, you know, he was just smiling. Ah, he has a good spirit, fantastic spirit. I can remember clearly. What he said. What he said. So, and that was it for me. I didn't, and I, I also asked mommy. I mentioned the name to mommy. Mommy was, didn't give me a clear whether I say yes or oh, no. Mm. My sister also, my sister, that's my first sister, also knew, knew him. She didn't have any reservations, per se, from the beginning. 
So that that was it. That was how we started to talk. And then so his, his first, I think the second conversation we had fiscally was, oh, you know what? I want to marry you in June. I'm like, good, 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 good. And how long was, just, June was how many months since after you guys, between when you met and... We met around October. Oh. And I was literally just talking about June next. And I'm like, good, like good, 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 they are not asking me to parents where I am and they're not yeah. sending me out of the house. Oh, so, yeah. but that's it. So, so one thing that drew me close to him was I, I saw that he was a man that knew what he wanted. Okay. So a lot of people will still be saying, uh, let's test the waters. He went straight. So for me, that's a very confident person. Yeah. Confident for me was very key as to, oh, this person knew what he wanted and he went for it. So yeah, that's, that's how we started so- to talk. Just to clarify that, what he wanted, like, you know, he said, I want to marry you. He wasn't like, I want to date you. That's yes, what you meant by that. Yes, yes, that. Okay. yes. So that's it. So when did you guys eventually get married? Was it that June? We got, we got married in December 4th. Okay. As in church wedding, we did the court a week before. Yeah. November 29, I think. Yeah, so that's it. And what was his family like? Or 2010, okay. What was his family like as far as, you know, acceptance of you and your family your relationship with his family and his relationship with your family so like you mentioned i'm doing um this is a disclaimer this is my side of the story yes this is how i i get to write my story exactly you own everything that happened to you yes exactly so i met the father the father was still alive the mom was still alive the father was very accommodating extremely accommodating the mom was also very accommodating so there was no issue. So they just asked questions. And then, well, at that time, so I'm going to be talking in two parts. At that time, there were things I didn't know. Like? And I was naive. Mm. So in as much as I'm going to be talking, I'm going to be talking about the lessons I have learned. So <laughs> the, um, you know what I usually do now that Igbo people will go and do like a search on the family, quote unquote. Background check. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that. Guess mm-hmm. what? Because his step siblings, yeah, and brother me went to Unilag together. Oh, so your brother-in-law and your your ex-husband's step siblings went. Three of them, the first three, went to college together. Yes. So I remember when they came for introduction and they introduced themselves. Bro, me was extremely elated to say, "Ah, I know this family." Oh, <laughs> so that just sort of just sealed the. And given the relationship you have with your brother, you know, like that meant a lot. Yeah, like it meant a lot. Well, thank you very much. Not because you are the English person. The validation thing was just <laughs> on point for me. So, because of the validation I had had from Brody, I didn't, I didn't think it's uh, needful to go and do some background check. You've done the assignment for you. Why are you studying? Oshay. Baby boom, you understand. <laughs> there is really nothing to talk about yeah. or to search. Yeah. And then it was very the department he was in church was all the people that clean church, all the mm. sanctuary cleaners. So for me, I'm like, ah, the humility that comes from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Percept perceived humility. Oh shit, God bless you. But then another argument could be some people that do that, they're trying to hide something. That's why they go for those low jobs. This is just me playing devil's advocate. You see, you see that you're a professor. <laughs> That's why you're a professor. <laughs> but I, have, I didn't know the ending of the story, so I'm trying to throw sh- some, you know, yeah. shots right here. You know, so so for me, it was was very clearing. It was beautiful. There was, so we started to plan the wedding. 
Mm-hmm. So we got married in December 2010. So if you want the, what they call it, nitty gritty, my book is coming out. Ooh. And then so you can read all of these details. Let's bring you back when your book comes so out. Well, so we can do like a special edition. By God's book. grace. That- by God's grace, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm just going to just say like the land, the, the landing points or the defining factors for the marriage and how it went down. So 2010 came, you know, and then so let me say this: before we got married, and God still helping me, I want to have an orphanage where I know I by God's grace there's so much love to give to the world. So if you have so much, why don't so we had already spoken about it, you know, and like ah, I say, are you thinking about um? Orphanage, ah, it's something he's looking forward to doing in life. I said, ah, in my mind, like, ah, I see value. Value is your magic value. Ah, value is my magic. <laughs> you, you know? Yeah, so the, that, um, the, his response kind of gave me, like, ah, fantastic. Oh, we're on the same page. Yeah, so I didn't, I, I didn't, I wasn't scared. I felt he was my friend, you know, because I would just talk you know, literally to him about anything and everything that I feel. And there was no, there was no basha. There was no, don't do this, don't do that. You know, I'm a very outspoken person, very outgoing. That's it. That's how we met. And that's how we got married in December, 2010. 2010. So um, once you get married, I know from experience is that there's a perception of the person you had in mind and there's a reality that marriage you know, gives you. Now, the beauty is you take that and you accept it. Okay, this is this person now. Marriage provides you a new environment in such a way that you start seeing things that you never saw before if you didn't live together. But then, hopefully, it's not something that is dangerous enough for, for you to want to, like, you know, run out or this person yeah. is a total fraud star. What are some of the things you can share about, you know, what, 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 my, what did you hope married life would be like and what was the reality you found after you got married? Okay, so... A lot of people used to say that marriage was a trap. I was entering marriage thinking that I'm more predominantly. Do you understand that? And so let me say this. I got married when I was 27. It w- I was not desperate. I was not, um, how do I say it? You know, when it just, it just came, it just happened. I was a church girl that was naive and I believed everything I saw because that's just the way I am to the pure all things are pure, but mm-hmm. your, your Bible say, well, you have to be wise and understand. The same Bible that said that. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and gentle as a dove, but yeah. that scripture didn't come to play in my life until later part you only of did my life. Part, so, which is so, not bad. Oshé, <laughs> baby. I only did it dove part. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, the first year was literally good. Yeah, the first year is the honeymoon part, the WWW part, yeah. So there was not, I had my job. Like I always say, I love my job. So I was working, was working, not a big deal. You're praying for him to do better. You're still praying for yourself. You're saying to yourself, how are things going to start aligning? Yeah, so, but after six months, when I didn't get pregnant, I, I know I prayed to God that I didn't want to, you know, get pregnant. Almost right immediately. Away. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to just enjoy my marriage, enjoy my husband, you know, all of those shenanigans that you have in your head. Mm-hmm. So, he really, but after six months, I started to think about, you know, think about something and don't say it out. So, I I was placed on fertility drugs. They now said, oh, my hormone clinical is not, I can't even remember. Omuna imbalance. imbalance yeah. That was the yes. That was the problem. So I was placed on drug. So in 2011, I was pregnant once. I lost the pregnancy. I'm so sorry. Eight yeah. weeks. 
I didn't know that. Uh, no one wake up. Maybe I don't join them. No, I don't want to hear or hear. No, I have gone through that as well. So when I when I say that to you, I'm not coming from a place of pity. It, I know. Okay, you, okay. So take it from me. I'm not trying to like down down the emotion, but my heart reaches to you right now for, for that thing. Just thank you so life. much. Yeah, thank you so much. So that was 2011. Yeah. So 2011 it was still very mushy mushy and very beautiful. 2012 was when some some small small things started to show itself. So you hear things like um, so he got a new job in 2012, and it was a new bank starting in Nigeria. And so he told me, he said, because this is a new um, organization, it's a new thing. I won't be able to give my all again in in the marriage because I'm not So give me time. So those were his words. So I asked him, what do you mean by time? He said, so the kind of attention, you know, I have to put it all in work. I said, like, how many months? He no. said, six months. Only, only six months. Six months. Yeah. What am I supposed to be doing with my life in six months? <laughs> yeah. So you literally just come. And then what we usually do is we go to work together and come back home. Okay. But in terms of conversations, the conversation started dwindling. So it was not like before. So he was cutting off emotionally. Yes. Mm. And I think 2012, I started to hear things like, uh, you're not respectful. Mm. You don't respect me enough. Again, what's the age group between both of you? I just want to be sure. How? So four years, four years difference. He's older than you. He was older than me. Yes. Okay. With, with four years. Sorry, go ahead. So, there was no book that was on respect that I literally did not buy to read. If you saw me on the internet, Googling, is finding articles on respect. I would go to my brother-in-law and say, please, sir, what does it mean to respect a man more in my own small way i started to so i in your land they say when somebody's older than you you don't use who you use a yeah mm-hmm. yes so in my conversations with him millennia egba so you switched you switched ah more baby boo more switch yeah Switch. Usually it's the other way around. Like when you go into a relationship with somebody, you start with the air, and then as as we begin to love on each other, he will tell you drop the honor. Because... Oh, no. Uh, my own was the other way around, my darling. Mm. Because I had heard that word respect to a certain point that I'm like I said, I'm very analytical. I'm trying to see and my brain is like a child. It was confusing to me. So I'm trying to say, okay, maybe if I do this more, it will be better. In 2012, I think they started a program in church. It was heading that program for young couples mm-hmm. with one of the pastors. Mm-hmm. So, and anytime we get there, Zida is talking about finances and it's talking about respect. So there are times I really want to talk. This one is not fabu. Um, I want to talk and I hear a kick under the table. So in my mind, I would think maybe, you know, when your leg just mistakenly touches somebody else's. He kicks you. And I'm like, maybe, yes. Like like physically kicking you to prevent you from touching. Yes, now to say, yes. So in my mind, I'll say maybe that was a, you know, it was a joke. Maybe the leg just mistakenly just came to my side. 
So I will continue again. You know, literally, I hit my hand. I hit my elbow against the wall. <laughs> you know, so I will get the sign and just shut up. That's just one instance. So when he's talking about respect, I'll just be, and I'll be hearing other, you know, ladies talk about how they are maybe, maybe it was sounding strange, but I won't talk. You know when that thing in the yeah, don't no talk party, party. don't oh, talk. That life from the pit of hell. So I just felt, oh, maybe that is who he is. This is the way you understand respect. Mm. 2012 again, by the grace of God. I was pregnant twice. Mm-hmm. I miscarried that same week. Eight week. Eight mm-hmm. week. There were certain red flags there, but I didn't I didn't catch. My f- family is very closely knitted. I can't say that about him. So he couldn't understand how we you get to so into surprise each o- people. Into each other. Yes. <laughs> so I can literally carry my bag and say, I was surprising my sister. I'm leaving work to go and surprise her. He was, he didn't go click, go clear. So 2012, 2012, so we had a party. So I remember that before we went for the party, I was on bed rest and then I lost the baby. And then I went for another test and it was clear that the pregnancy was over. So I was so happy that Alma, I, I love to dance. But ah, Alma, jump party, So I went to that party with the mind of looking fine. You know, you still have pregnancy glow on you. I was really pretty because the baby, whatever, was still glow on you. So mm-hmm. I danced like, no, I danced like, because may, may you not get used to something bad. Hmm. miscarriages had become normal to me hmm. so literally when I miscarry I'm picking up myself the next day oh, mom, you gotta be what you gotta be you gotta, you gotta do your life so because of the last miscarriage you started to hear things like this in the house don't jump, don't do this blah, 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 blah. Uh, so choir self I have to reduce choir the things that I loved I started just you know withdrawing into my shell and the joy so that some came with that comments like Mm. Yes, like comments like, ah, Inka, you are not yourself. Oh. As in the people that knew me, that were my friends, you know, there are some friends that even if till 50 years, they knew someone that, ah, there's something wrong, but ah, Mike. You didn't tell them. We you know, my, you didn't tell spine. them what you were going through, did you? Ah, uh, because I didn't even know that what I was going through was not what is right. Mm. Do you understand what I mean? It's when you are out of what you're going through that you can say, ah, Anyways, let me not jump the gun. So 2013, I got pregnant again. Mm. So this time, really, I got pregnant. I told my bosses that they had told me that once I get pregnant, I need to be in the hospital. So I went straight to the hospital mm-hmm. on bed rest. I was in the hospital. He used to come and go, you know, maybe spend one day, go back home. But I was just in the hospital. The eve to my 30th birthday. I had a pain that I can't explain to you now. Right now, I'm thinking about it. I have tears in my eyes. I've never experienced any pain like that in my life. <laughs> the doctors were everywhere. The first thing they did was knock her out. So they checked the cervix. They were like, nothing was happening. 
But I started to bleed. They used the scan. They said uh, nothing. No, uh, but you know, so the pain was on the right part of my abdomen. So I couldn't do number one well. I couldn't do number two. But I'm sure you can know what was happening. It was it was a large fibro that was resting on my bladder. So I called the doctor and he said, because of the pain, he told me, he said, Olanika, we need to cut you open tonight. Ha. So I called my ex-husband to say, this is, yes. So they already said they were going to do flushing, blah, blah, blah. I, like I said, I was already bleeding. So I already knew that I was losing the baby. Or maybe even I even lost the baby. And then, so I told him, so they caught me open that night. He came to the hospital. They caught me open. What they found was I had a topic. One was in the tube. One was in the womb. Understand that it's something that happens that maybe one in a million. I had a set of twins. But usually my pregnancies are usually twins. So you see the photos come out. Pum, pum, two. Yes. Oh, because boy, you're cloning. So... Whoa, you are deep. Yes, I was on clothes. I'm a pharmacist. That increases your risk of multiple pregnancies because to have twins like that back to back yes. is just okay. Okay, that explains it. But yes. still, that's 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 a good luck to have. <laughs> so they so by the time they caught me up, they already gave me I don't know what maybe a pedura to just kill was my limb. Yeah. So by the time they caught me open, they were like, Oh, this is bigger than what so yeah, it had ruptured. So you could have I died. had 24 hours. You could have died. Yes. yes. I had 24 hours. If they didn't cut me open that day, by now, maybe I'll meet my children in heaven. They're hugging me. So what usually would have taken 45 minutes took five hours. I had like an out-of-body experience because I remembered. When I opened my eyes, the first person I saw was my mom. And she looked at me. I can't describe this in English. She said, Yinka, Ogwa Jayeloja. Yinka, you fought, I can't explain you fought the battle for, to win your life back. Okay. Close enough, so, right? And I started to ask. Say, yes, close, close enough. enough. Okay. You're, you're, yes. So I started to ask her. Uh, uh, where's my ex-husband? Where's my ex-husband? He's here, he's here. So they took picture, they showed what happened. So 2013 was the journey that started so many journeys. So after 2013, because of that, for me, it was a near-death experience. I said, you know what? To hell with all this uh, fertility treatment. So it's better to be alive. I'm the last one of six children. <laughs> I don't, don't force it, don't rush it. Let me up naturally. I don't know I'm going to die. <laughs> you know, so I started to think about adoption. Okay. I mentioned oh, it. And then the orphanage that I mentioned it talked again. about before and your dreams and your plans. Yeah, you are very intelligent. <laughs> Thank you. You know, but it's something that uh, we will talk about and we we'll just drop. Yeah. I didn't know I was writing some things in the black book. So 2013, I didn't, I didn't bother about, um, what do you call it now? Fertility stuff and all that. 
fertility stuff anymore. What was your communication? In April. I know your communication was already strained with the six months he put you on probation and saying he had stuff at work. But after that surgery you had, would you say improved your communication? It just got worse from there. Maybe 2013, the sickness I had, mm. as in I won't call it sickness, the issue I had mm. brought us a bit, you know, closer. He had to tend to me. So 2013, no fertility drug. But the, the relationship was a bit dicey, no? Respect was still the major issue. Respect. And mm. then sometimes, not sometimes, he was using money to control. Mm. So... I, I don't say this all the time, but let me say, and I will balance it, even for people that are doing it. So before I got married, I started to give my money to my ex-husband. So I literally just collect my money and hand it over to him. Why did you do because that? Because before I got... Was it something you... I felt it was right. Okay. I felt a nudging to do it. If you were maybe. to if was, go back maybe was, and do things, would you still do it the same way? Hello, Mo. Mo, hello. Hmm? What's the answer? What's no. the answer to that question? Yeah, probably no. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Which is, which is why I want to balance, balance it for it people okay. that are doing okay. it. Okay. So I won't say it is good. I won't say it is bad. It has to do with the person you are doing it with. The person you are doing it with. Is he also giving you that kind of honor and value? Because it can be one-sided. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. So when we got married, I was any more than him. Wow. Like twice. Wow. But it was not a for me, money is not a big deal. I always say money is paper. It's meant to be spent. And it's I always tell God. Because given your background of how you guys, your mom had to you had to build wealth incrementally, you could have turned that in such a way that money became something you had to like hoard because you know what it's like to have had a lack of it. But you did the other thing, you just realized that money is just you know, it's a legal, t- it's a legal tender, but it's just paper. It's 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 not the end of your. Mm. And there's this prayer I used to pray. I'm going to say to your but you're going to try and explain it in English. Mm-hmm. I told God, me thank you, I don't want money to be the center of my life. I want to live my life, you know, without having to make money like the end of your. See, you see what I mean? So I had that perception from a very young age to say. Uh, when God was saying that, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, health even health. as your soul prospering. Like I, prosperity for me does not necessarily mean I have a billion in my account. It means that anything I need at the point I need it, God can get, get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so, so if it's Agbalumo, I want to leak, and I can afford that Agbalumo, I am prosperous. If it is Gary and fish that I want to take at some point, and I can afford it by the grace of God, that's I'm prosperity prosperous. for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. If it is to be able to pay someone else's school fees. That's prosperity. You that you anchored you so- anchored money to be able to do stuff, not to accumulate it. And I think that's a perspective to have as Christians. We should be stewards and stewards of what God has given us. And and that Absolutely. because I always pray for more money, not because I want to have all the things I want, because I see so many ways Mm-mm. to be a blessing to those around me. You got it. Yeah. yeah. So twenty fourteen I started to take some fantasy drugs in game, but they weren't working. Mm. Twenty fifteen was when we did a major fertility drug 2014 i had a change of job Mm -hmm. let me say this i was paid severance package for six months wow i can't forget 2016 now be 2014 it was not a large sum of money but it was plenty it was like close to two million naira i don't keep anything from my Mm. ex-husband 
So immediately they, they sent the money. I was like, ah, this is what I want to use money to do. You know, all the questions to just make sure you fall out of the things that you are doing, that you are thinking of doing. You will ask all those questions. Mm. So I paid my tithe, even to pay my tithe. It's like, why do you need to pay your tithe? I said, hello, this is something that they've given me. Mm. It's an income. I pay tithe on it. Even if I cannot fight for any other thing, I will fight for that tithe. Mm. And so they paid my pension directly to my PFA. He asked this question. I said, why don't they just pay it to you? I said, I don't understand. What if I don't get like your pension account, right? Yes. Mm. And so these guys are saying, just in case you don't get jobs for six months, at least Let's you, hold on to we you. are paying yeah. you in advance. Yeah. Yes. So only, this is my life. This is something that works for. They are mm. paying for my pension. I should not pay it and don't transfer it to you. So no, I already even before I already go and pay that one. Some things are very sharp. Some things are very stupid. You know, when it comes to my future, (laughs) we keep learning. I'm alive. Like yes, and like that is settled. So I was really hoping that I was going to at least give me like 500k out of this money. Anyways, they gave me hundred thousand out of the money after I paid my tithes. I told this story to my siblings in January 2016. Some of them wanted to beat me. So 2015, we did a major, a major health thing. We started this thing, this paparazzi something. Ah, my sister. See, this body has gone through a lot. In the hands of gynecologists, this my wonderful vagina. Very risky. <laughs> Anyways... We should have did that thing. That thing cost us like 1.5 million. Like, was not pregnant. I wasn't pregnant. So, that cost like a major. So, you hear things like, ah, that's how we did this one. It did not work. Or you hear things like, there's no money. There's no money. We did fertility something. It did not work. Ah, I was tired. Of hearing things like that, or you come and say, Sure, you will not begin to take this fertility drug. We don't even know what you want to do. Whether you want to, I was tired. You know, when you're tired emotionally, it's it, everything else is tired. And I, and I, as someone who has gone through that, you know, no matter how loving or supportive or not supportive your spouse is, you already have some guilt about it because you, you internalize all that process like, There's something wrong with me. Why is it not working for me? And to have that added pressure of somebody like verbally saying those things to you, I can't even imagine what you went through. Uh, it's when, mm. and then I got a new job in 2015. All I wanted to do was make sure that by the grace of God, you nailed this interview. Because I took a pay cut when I did that two or three months. Yeah. Pay cut, John John. I wanted money back. Because ah, it's not good. Because I, I was tired of hearing there's no money at all. In anything, there's no money. That was what my father said until he died. He was creating, you know, oh when something is just uh-huh, uh-huh. irritating me. Like I said, there's no money. By the grace of God, I got the job. So, so when they gave me my employment, that I sent it to him. Guess what he said? What? He said, I hope you've not called your sisters to tell them how much you earn. Uh-uh. I lied. I said, no, me. That from that place, as I was sending to him, I was forwarding it to my sister. <laughs> 2015, my brain started to pick some things. 
I was in now my my early thirties. So only meeting she. Let me also say this. My siblings notice that every time, maybe two weeks into the month, I'll come and meet them. Where I give your sister money now. I didn't ask for plenty money, maybe five thousand, two thousand. So they were all good job. We know how much Inka is any. Why is it that when we get into like the middle of the month, she does not always have money? They didn't know what was happening. Me, me, I didn't know what was happening. I just felt that what what I was doing was good. So he went to Netherlands. He got back. I remember they was going. I think I was making my. Couldn't be bothered. We are by. I was happy that I was going to be alone at home. You know that kind of happiness because at that time the communication was lost. The communication was just get into the car. Let me drive you to work. Oh, so how is work? Fine. You know those uh, very surface kind of. There wasn't um, sex became extremely boring. It was just in and out. So there was really nothing that I wanted some time to myself. Anyway, so I traveled in December. Eventually, said that you have got him. Can you come for me? He paid, and that was when dollar was very mad in Nigeria. Yes. So I was going that Sunday, and he gave me one hundred fifty thousand naira, not dollars. So convert it to dollars for what? I spent three weeks in America. How did you do it? With my, I had a, I have a friend in America. Okay. But so you know when you're expecting that, ah, is this person going to miss you? Yeah. Is he going to call you? No call, no miss. I got back January six or January seven, twenty sixteen. He came to pick me from the airport to our house because of traffic. Can be about one hour. I can count what we said to each other. Hmm. So after maybe a peck on the keys or in the on the mount, that was all. So no conversation. Imagine me a talkative. Mo, you know I'm a talkative. <laughs> you like you know. to talk, which is good, yeah. Wow. Now being in a car with somebody that you call your actual and not have anything to say. I just said something was wrong. I said something was wrong. I, I, you know when you know. I entered the house. The house was dusty, was dirty. I cleaned the house more before I left. I cooked three weeks. My ex-husband did not pick one bowl. Maybe he picked one. I made vegetable soup, a goosey stew, goat meat. I don't call myself a caterer, but I cook. My mother is a great cook. We all took that from my mom. Fantastic he, cook. He didn't eat any of your food. Nothing. He didn't eat any. So that night we didn't talk. They were not even talking or touching. Nothing. <sighs> See, three weeks. I think we needed to talk. It was like uh, he just needed space. He wanted to be by himself. Yeah. And I said in a marriage, you can't say you need to be by himself. I called his then best friend. He spoke to him, but like I already know. So once when he walked out, he said, "So that means you have started to report me to everybody." I said, How about his family? Everybody? Was there somebody in his family that he would listen to? Uh, at that time, his daddy had passed. Mm. His dad passed, I think, in 2014. So there was no, and like I said, I didn't do foundational kinikong. So there are times when I said I wanted to be close, I want to go to his siblings' house. There was one excuse or the other. Mm. 
you know so i just literally left it okay for me what began to make sense was when my pastor the pastor that i said we used to do a young fellowship for couples yeah. in his house and i invited him to come to the house to say things were getting really bad mm-hmm. so and i said um lagbaja what did this person do that was when i had an inclination of what they thought uh, what i thought i did he said number one, he bought a car for me i'm not driving it i'm going to balance it number two, i was spending so much time in church number three, i didn't respect him enough number four, i was not ready to have a child you see those number one to number three mm-hmm. I didn't bother about it. We, we know when something mm-hmm. in number four. You didn't respect him. That made sense to me. You did, were not ready no, to have a child. You were not ready to have, have a, a child. Ready to have. What does that even mean? No. Were you there, me? I say, I don't understand. That was when I got to know that he had a dream in 2014. He said angels brought him babies. We had two entrances to the house one in front one at the back that he had a dream angels brought him babies through the front door and left them out through the back door i was hearing about it for the first time in 2016 not from his mouth from the pastor's mouth from someone else's it was not even my it was my sister i said sister why did you tell me he said nika does that even make sense you that almost died that up until now, I'm still in. I'm still in a like shock. confused state. Yeah, in a way, like, that's the word. Yeah, yeah, like. Oh. Uh, uh. Anyways, twenty. That's how the the strain started. I begged, went to his mom. His mom was still alive at that time. Twenty sixteen, asked for we asked for family meetings. That was when we started to notice that, okay, <laughs> my darling, you it's should work. Than that. Mm. It's deeper than that. You see that she put her hand behind to say, and I'm not saying this, she's dead now. She's here, I will tell her. She put her hand behind and say, ah, it's not all the dirty linens you wash outside. Continue to pray, continue to pray. That was the statement she said. And then she died. She died in March 2017. Who left the house finally in May. 2017. Two months after. Yes. He just walked out. So I came home. At that time, we started sleeping in different rooms. And he mm. used to lock his door. So 2016, my sister advised, oh, maybe because you didn't change your name or your passport. I went to Abuja. I did a change of name. Because if he did not sign in 2016, I wouldn't have done a change of name. He signed. I did a change of name. I got back. Um, the issue still did not stop when at that time we were married but living separated, you know, separated. So like, he just walked out of the house, and what... that was it. Yes, did he pack his so stuff? So I came back home, yeah, yes. So I came back home that day, and you know, so usually when the mother died, you will come home, spend one day, go and spend one week outside. With who there was this investment, where, is it with his family know. or okay? 
I don't know. So at that time, he wasn't picking my calls anymore. So I got back and I noticed that there was a change. He had packed his things, left the furniture, you know, the things that he could pack so that people would not see that he was moving out of the house. No, I prayed. I fasted. Like my sister will see. And I'm mentioning my sister, like I mentioned, we are very closely knitted. She said, is there anything in the books that they've asked you to do to, that you haven't done just to save your marriage? There was literally nothing by the grace of God, you know. But 2017, my sisters and I with mommy, we traveled to South Africa for a trip just to reflect. And so when we were coming back, we literally had a detour. I did Sababa. And I heard God clearly tell me, yes, that you were on a detour, but I'm bringing you back to me. That was 2017. I can't forget. That was in October. I had moved out of the house that we got married in into my own apartment where I am currently. So I moved here in September. We traveled in October. So when I came back, I sold my wedding band just to say that's an end. And that was when I cut my hair. Mm. Because I said to myself that in Igbo land, when a woman loses her husband, Mm -hmm. she cuts her hair. So I said, you are dead to me. You are alive, but you are dead to me. Because in 2016, I was still living in denial. But 2017 was very clear. 2018 February, he served me a divorce. So immediately I saw the person walking to my office. I'm from the federal government. You have been served. He all came back to my head again. I cried. I was wailing. Thankfully, I have an office to myself. Everybody knew something was wrong. I called Katie. I was, I was screaming. I was like, I wanted to serve this guy. But you know, the divorce papers are here in my cabinet. And I'm thankful to God I was not the one that served him. I'm thankful he served me. Why? Because I could see where his brain was. Hmm. But the truth is, 99% of what was written in that divorce paper were all false. Were lies. There was nothing. So if, if he had written irreconcilable differences, mm-hmm. I would have signed that same day. So you haven't found to now spend money on I have. Oh. Divorce is over. I did a divorce party for myself last year. Oh. Yeah, Lomo. No. I tell people I'd rather be single and go to heaven. I love be you. married and go to hell. I just love you. Love you. <laughs> Questions before were what would people say? Yeah. Married as a Christian, she was a virgin, la 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 la. I started to answer the question myself. Oh, God hates divorce. He hates divorce, but does not hate me, the divorcee. He hates divorce. Remember, six things God hates, seven things he detests. Can we lump it together? So, and another thing the divorce taught me was, (laughs) I should never judge. Well, I was going through my shenanigan was when one major celebrity was going through divorce. And you need to see how I literally just abused her. Mm. But what rubbish. Does it mean that she cannot keep it home? Meanwhile, and I was going through. I was at the verge. Yeah, you did that, you know, you know cognitive dissonance. It's, it's one rule for, ah, the, for the celebrity English. and one rule for you. <laughs> no, so for we're me. guilty of it. We're guilty of it. <laughs> so, 
when I was going through it, God reminded me. To say. So now, when people say, I've fallen, I'm like, I need to say, I'm falling. Are you the one that wrote the law? Are you, the, are you Jesus Christ who died for us? Accept people. Lead them and guide them in the way of Christ. Live mm. in the rest of God. Yeah. Don't judge anybody. So, I, right now, some people say, uh, he has tattoo. Guess what? Some people that have tattoo and lead praise and worship, the anointing comes down better than the people that wear scarves. <laughs> God. Mm. He can use anybody. My siblings, mm. my ahead, siblings have been a part of my healing journey. Mm. And I have friends that have become family. My brother, there's a book in my, <laughs> my brother that is a full-time pastor. Mm. Was the first person to tell me, Inka, your marriage is over. Mm. And he told me, go and get the book, Kenneth Hagin, Married, Divorced, and Remarried. I read that book under six hours. I didn't sleep. That book gave me direction. Because it happened to his own younger sister. The husband walked out of her when she gave birth. Apparently, the guy was gay. So you don't have you you can't you can't say this is the way I will feel if you have not gone through it. Some scriptures may not be clear to you until you go through some things. I don't pray what has happened to me to my to, to dog to any dog, not even human being. So when I see like a red flag, maybe you're dating somebody, I'll just give you a one liner. <laughs> I'm not one to force my uh, I'm not one to force my opinion on people. But at least you, you, but you just, found that one. I will just give you. There was a prayer my sister prayed. She said, God will perform an operation on your heart. That prayer worked like magic. Before, I didn't used to say I love you. I, I was not mushy mushy. But now, the way I hug people, the way I tell them, and I'm not just saying it, I'm genuine about it. My love work. Has increased because of that, and so the things I wanted to do, you know, I wanted to register my company in 2011. And you hear things like, Oh, that money is very expensive. Uh, I have somebody that does it cheaper. At that time, it was 28,000 naira. I registered my company when I was living a separated life in 2016 for the same amount of money. So maybe you want to pay school fees for somebody. You have questions like, and should you just give this guy money last month? I say, so is that 5,000 naira that will be okay for this person? I'm saying all of these things to say, the signs became apparent when we were married. I didn't see any sign. I won't lie. You loved him. But what, one thing I uh, got to know was, was very insecure. Hmm. Very insecure. I, I mean, I could tell so that when he, when the whole thing, respect, respect. So even consider the fact that you earned more than him, and you were relinquishing your money, and that's why I would admonish women is, to me, that rate of control issues. You wanted to control that situation and really put yourself in a subservient position to make him feel better about himself, but it did the total opposite thing. You can't make a man feel good who doesn't feel good about themselves. It's just, it's just because the more you keep doing those things, it's never, it's never going to be enough. Hmm. And let me add, you can't give what you don't have. 
I was brought up with so much love, even though at my teenagehood I felt that nobody loved me. But the kind of love I've been showered with, and the kind of love mommy has shown me, mm. I'm not saying anything. But if you are not trained in that kind of capacity to love and love genuinely, you can't give what you don't have. I agree with that, and I also add to that that it can be learned if you have a have a heart to learn. Because there's so many people that 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 lived in a broken home. But they found a spouse yeah. that was able to mirror what stability, what love, what unconditional love and radical acceptance was like. And they, 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 mm. they, they plugged themselves into that family and they learned it. So, fine, mm. circumstances can happen in the sense that you don't grow up in a very healthy environment. But you found a spouse that, you know, gives you that idea of oh, it's possible and then you imbibe that and you learn. Yeah. So it's about being able to be having that teachable spirit, which I, I don't think he had. Uh, maybe I should also say here, he was a very, he's a critic. So everybody's wrong. He's right. It comes with really, So even when we really, have... It's a stereotype. I mean, we can keep checking the list. <laughs> but so, let me stop. Ask your question so, so, so I can answer. 2018. Have you guys spoken since then? Has he remarried? Would you... Do you the truth is... The scripture that has guided me was forgetting the things that are behind and pressing forward yeah. the things that are in front of you. Yeah. So 2018, I think we only met once at the court. And so it was all over. So yeah, that's it. And so I reverted to my name. Immediately I saw the discharge. I was too excited. I threw a party. People didn't know what the party was about, but my siblings knew. My sister knew what the party was about. Oh, you didn't have a I cake, like, you know, happily divorced. You didn't even do, like, a themed party. I didn't write on the uh, cake, but I had a cake. Okay, I see. I, see. I had a cake. You didn't even give a I speech. I had a cake. I even called. <laughs> People just came to eat. Now they're hearing for the first time. Oopsies. Ah. <laughs> they should have bought. How, what do you, what do you so, put on a, on a registry for, like, a divorce? Maybe half of the bed sheet, half of the bed, like, half of things. <laughs> Sold into two. <laughs> oh, that's a terrible joke. Um, please come you know, back on so the show. My lawyers were like, uh, <laughs> um, he can't, you're going to ask for damages. So by the time I responded and I was giving them dates and time. So let me say this. You can be in a verbal abuse and not know that you're in a verbal abuse. You were emotionally so abused too. I was, in, the things I was emotionally and verbal abused. Yeah. And I didn't know. I didn't know because I thought it was... And financial. Was financially abused. I'm making the diagnosis there. <laughs> Thank you so much. So my my lawyers were like, are you going to ask for damages? At first I said, yes, I won't mind a 20 million because I lost a tube in the process. I lost, you know, and I was your ready money. to give out your my... money. All of your money too. <laughs> yeah. So they asked me. The next time I said, no, no, don't worry. Don't bother. I'm okay. I saw it as seeds. And there was something I told him even before we left our separate ways. I said, you know that every Bible says that whatever we sow, we would reap. I don't mean him, I don't mean bad for for my ex-husband. I pray for him because for me to get to that point, I have to let go so that I don't enter my next marriage with baggages. Mm. I have to literally let go. I told him, I looked at him, and I said, whatever I have sown, I will reap. Whatever you have sown. You will reap. And the truth of the matter is, it may take 20 years, but the truth of my 
first marriage, whether so a lot of people were speculating later he slept with somebody and then he had a child. I was like, that's not a big deal. So, but because of the kind of person he is, he has to be right. Everybody else has to be wrong. But I know that whatever it is that transpired, it may take years, but the truth will be known. Even to me. Even to me. The truth will come to light, which is one thing I'm happy for. And I've settled for. But one thing I told God, you will vindicate me. You will vindicate me. I can imagine you lost a lot of friends in the process. Probably people who thought, you know, you're proud. I was isolated. Because he was speaking, don't talk to this person, don't talk to this person. That's why I said, you, you, you would think that you're, what you're doing is okay. It's until you're out of it. I was telling my sister that I used to be the one to go and switch on the generator and switch it off. It's like, yeah, can. Because these are the things I was used to. I was like, no. You have made it. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fixer. Nothing can go. I'm like, so when that divorce was happening, I'm like, God, I fix things. Why is this thing falling off my hand? Why can't this thing just be fixed? The irony of it all. You know, so when God was saying he was restoring me, yeah. he was not talking about the marriage. He was talking about restoring me back to God. Restoring me back to my destiny. And I, I, am more your question. I think that's a lesson here. Um, thank you for sharing all of that. That was quite lengthy. And um, I have an understanding now of your workings. And I can see just... In addition to just who you are, your personality and things that have shaped you, I can see why this makes you want to even live your life more intentionally. Because yeah. you've lived a you've had a life where things were muffled and your mission was on pop, on pause. At the I was trying lost. to please yes, at, at the no. trying to fix your marriage, thinking that if I were to subdue myself and be quiet and you know, respond to the kicks under the table, I can make this man love me more. And as for those that are listening to this, I'm not a, you know, I'm not going to say leave your marriage or get divorced or things like that, but find ways to start filling yourself back because mm. whether you're married or not, you, your life has a meaning. Your life has to Absolutely. mean something. And you being a missus or a doctor, or a professor, whatever appellation you're adding to your name, that's not a, you, you, you call for more than that, you know? Yeah. So start finding what your purpose is in life, whether you're hitched or not. So two last questions before we go is this. For those that are listening, you know, given all the things we've done with, dealt with, what word of advice would you give to single people, to married people and divorced people? <laughs> single people, don't lose yourself. Know you are in God. Don't compromise. Be unapologetic about who God has called you to be. Be friends with yourself. And um, be open. Do FBI when that brother comes. Especially mm. for church naive girls like me. Mm. Do FBI. Spiritual FBI. Fiscal FBI. Do. Go to the village. Come back. Social media. Uh, you will go on their social media pages. Talk to everybody. Yes. Talk to. Yes. And then have fun being single. It's a beautiful place to be. And married people? Married people. Mm. Don't go to bed with grudges. Be friends. What keeps a marriage is not love. What keeps the marriage is a friendship that you share. So be naughty. Be witty. Have a love be sex. Nice. Yes. I was going to say that number one. So, no, you need to calm mm. down with that, sis. <laughs> now, <Nah>, food. 
Whatever is going to strain the relationship, deal with it immediately. What the enemy wants is just a small hole, especially for for godly homes, because you, that's what God is going to use to raise godly children. Tear it apart. Deal with it immediately. Don't be in a competition. Be in a collaboration. Mm. And love genuinely. Mm. Very much. I love that. Those are very good points. And then finally, for divorces as well, females, males, or whatever transpires in between. My sister, my brother, don't be in denial. Own it. Don't be ashamed. If people are going to tear you down, divorce those people in your life. Poor people that are supposed to encourage you and make this pathway because it's already a very bad path. Don't let come and look for people that will make it better for you. Then find yourself back in God. Don't run away from God. Go back to God. Go back to God. Read books. Read your Bible. Then speak. Oh, don't keep quiet. Oh, look for somebody that you can speak to. So when you're you're going like this, when your nose diving, your emotions is going up and up. Call somebody and say this emotion is trying to run out of the basket. But I'm trying to bring it back. Yes, and have fun. Hey God, oh Jesus. People have said I can have a party by myself with myself. It is true. My co-tenants we can barely witness. Have fun by yourself. Yes, and then find out the reason why you're in this season. Learn from it. Don't stay down. I beg you, get up and reach out to people. There are 1,001 people that you can reach out to. Don't mm. think you are you, you your, your situation is the worst. No. Someone's yeah. problem is just starting from where you yours is ending. Yeah. So look for someone else to make happy. In the process of doing that, you get happy. That is so true. And- um, the last question I had is actually like a two-in-one and I want to do a little bit of putting you on the spot. So from your story, I could see that naivety, which comes from being, you know, a church girl. And you know, I had a, a guest on my show and for her story, it was a lot of physical, sexual and all kinds of abuse. You know, one of the things she does right now is to encourage women, especially those that are, you know, in church, those that are virgins in quotes. Because there's this mentality, according to her, that most virgins have that if I've kept myself for marriage, mm. there's a way God should reward me. Like the 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 cost, the price of my virginity should be. It's a good, a good marriage. marriage, you know, and it's a man that will worship it, and you know, the gift I'm giving him, mm. it doesn't always, you know, come. And she also spoke to the pride that comes with. And so what she's trying to break it down is that she wants to equip young girls to be more, you know, wise, and you know, it's good to cherish yourself and you know hold yourself before marriage. But there's other things you need to start working on so you don't end up, you know, falling into the hands of these wolves and, you know, people that will pray, they'll pray over you. And mm-hmm. so the question I want to ask, the twofold question is one. So I could see that naivety. I could also see that control issues. And so I want to ask you, you know, openly and genuinely, in addition to those two things that I mentioned, what would you say, you know, what part, other part can you say, you know, um, that could have led to the irretrievable breakdown of your marriage? Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Be street smart. Be street smart. Mm-hmm. So I remember people say, Ah, Nika, it shouldn't have been you. But the question answer I give them is, if it's not me, then we will. God said that it will, it will not give you more than you can bear. So the lessons learned for me, I mentioned it before. What you don't value, what you don't spend money on, you don't value. Mm-hmm. Don't do the work of a man. Do the work of a woman. Stay in your lane. And 
be wise as a serpent be gentle as a dove be very observant ask questions don't let the lover so for me now it is my head over my heart which is what i tell people so right now more a lot of people say i think more like a man and i say eh logical for man emotional for women say like we are both yeah yeah Thank you. It's just because of for me you are inspired by the words of your mouth you are taken by the word of your mouth. Hello. <laughs> Created us men first. Men mm-hmm. and female. I'm first a man, a female man. That's what I call myself. So I have the capacity to be logical and I have the capacity to be emotional. And embrace that. Mm-hmm. Embrace that. I think it's crazy it. about being female. You're having that ah. masculine part of you. Yeah. So go 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 here for me. So for me the the advice I would give my young girl Lanika is Maybe and I won't say a longer relationship or a longer courtship period would have brought it out. I mean, you guys did it for like a year and some months. It's not bad. It wasn't yes. until we got married that particular June. No, we got no. married in December. So I don't December. think it's the length of the time. You know, and then do some tests. There are some Yoruba tests that you can do to find out whether somebody is secure is intimidated. Do just create something. Scenario, act drama. Yes, act drama. <laughs> Let us know what you will do on that drama. So that's one thing I'm telling myself. And then remember your pact. There was a confession my sister saw when I was moving my pack of my books, and she said, "Nika, you forgot those confessions." She said because the confessions you made about your husband, there's nothing about your ex-husband. It's what you just said. Mm, mm. So. When you have written down some things, I beg you go back to them. Yeah. And say I wrote this some years before I met this person. Yeah. Do they matter? So yes, find godly people, people that can you can trust that can help you make mm. sure that you are holding yourself accountable. Mm. Um finally, <laughs> um I see remarried in your future and I can uh, imagine hello. that you. Mm? Enjoy in case. Let me let me say my market. Mom, please, please, please. please. Don't come and say <laughs> Please, mm. young man. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, so one thing I told God, and I won't tell you what I told him. Told him. Let God, I thank you for giving me the second chance at marriage. You know, because this time, you will choose for me. You will. You you won't give me what I want. You will give me what I need. Mm. And so people have asked me what are you looking for so I put in an age limit I tell them 33 and above I've always wanted to marry somebody that I was older than not to prove a point but I just felt I'm not one of the cliche kind of girl yeah so I'm putting myself out there to say so a lot of people will say you really go through a divorce because you don't look like it what you see is the worst of I'm telling you that we don't look at our problems. Thank God. You know, some people say after divorce they went down. Mm-hmm. The case is different for me. So what I could not achieve in five years of being married, I achieved in one and a half years of being single. Look at that. By the grace of God. And then so, we don't, we just time married down to to be like the end of your. And I no. I'm just glad to hear your story because I'm I'm married and happily married. But I always say that people shouldn't type you know all of their life. Yeah, yeah, meaningfulness of their life to being to somebody. To be married. It's no. got to be, you know, well, more than no. that. No. Okay. So we've so, established 
I'm sorry, we've that I want to remarriage, yeah, which is yes. good. And you know, I pray all of the blessings that come with that. How are you preparing yourself? How are you positioning yourself ah, to be sure, sure that all the baggages and all the garments go that came with the first one ain't gonna be coming home with you for the second time? You know what I mean? <laughs> I think the first person you will lean on here is the Holy Spirit. Yes, sis. It's the Holy Spirit that can help you forget some things. And I'm not trying to be spiritual. Like I said, I try to practice what I... Spiritual, we're spiritual beings. <laughs> yeah, and you're, you're very correct about that. So the Holy Spirit is going to help me. And so I am very... I'm going to be very vocal about my past. So you're, you're coming to me. The first thing you hear, like I mentioned, is that I'm, I'm, I'm happily divorced. Yeah, so that should strike a chord in your heart, whether you want to launch ahead. Or you want to back? Yeah, it so, can be so it can't. It can't. I have a certificate for it. It can't be hidden. I'm sorry, it can't. It can't be hidden. So, um, so I'm going to. I, I can't say how, what I would do because I've, I've not dated since my my um, my marriage broke down. But like I always tell you, how my position. And the truth is, I, I was telling me I can't. I can't date like a 25 year old girl. I am 37. I can't date like that. But one thing I tell God, when that guy comes, when that bold guy comes, that macho guy, that godly guy, I'm not looking for a church boy anymore. I'm looking for a God boy. Hallelujah. Two, di- two different things, yeah? So it's not the number of scriptures that you know, but the number of scriptures that you have had an encounter with that you are practicing that really matters to me. So, yeah. So how do I position myself? One thing I've been very vocal about his referrals just put me in your mind in case you meet somebody that you know somebody that you know somebody you know let it click in your heart because for me there's a difference between seeing and looking so you can look and may not see but when somebody like you know when abraham asked that servant to go and you know look for a wife for isaac what what happened was introduction mm. what happened was or oh, have you met or what happened to ruth and boaz you know, so Boaz was looking, but at some point he was seeing mm. there are two different levels. So at this point in my life, I'm looking to referrals. Um, and I think another thing you forgot to mind, mention is while you're still doing all of that physical preparation, I think your heart, you know, you forgiving yes. him, that's very critical because if you don't forgive somebody, you, you are having them stay rent free in your heart. And for you to exactly. pray for him, like, as I'm listening to your story, and like I said, I'm not even a perfect Christian. I don't think I'll be ready to pray for anybody just yet. I mm. was not sure, too. Mm. But, you know, like I you said, having the right people. Mm. Mm. Uh, don't say that. No, I'm telling because you. Of, because <laughs> of yourself. Uh, because of yourself. As I remember some days, I almost every day. And so maybe what I would say, maybe call his name and they're probably speaking tongues and they God restore him back to you. God let him. That's Look all. At that. Look at that. That's all for me. So it's not oh, a, it's and bad. it's because of me. So you're praying for him for yourself. That's true. And I really want to go to heaven. No, I really want to go. All of this that we're doing is heaven based. Mm-hmm. I really want to go to heaven. So we may not be friends here on earth, quote unquote. Maybe yeah. when we get to heaven, Hopefully we can remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because yeah. I've not seen him and I'm not sure I will see him, except God says that, you know, your path will cross yeah. in, maybe later in life. But, but I'm grateful to God. I always say that I'm alive to tell my story. Nobody else is telling my side of story. Mm. That I didn't die. 
or I didn't go mad. I give all the glory to God. I was having a, a heart palpitation at some point in 2016. Wow. My siblings, my sister, eldest sister to stay alive. You have to calm down. And on that note, I think we can just wrap it up and just say that um Nika, I can if if I wasn't sure in the beginning if you had the grace of God in your life, I can boldly declare it because the strength you exude and just the words of your mouth And I know it's not just you saying words in a glib way. You, I can tell that you actually live those words, and it's not one that came, you know, out of nowhere. I'm sure it's come from a place of prayer, and then studying your Bible and having that relationship with God. And I know that, you know, in due time, He will make, He will cause you to like, you know, laugh and smile again. And not that as if you're not laughing or smiling, but that true heart desire of yours to redeem all that has been lost, all the time that has been taken away from you. All the things that have been eaten by the canker worm and all those kind of, you know, um, vermin, God will restore them in due time, and your ministry is going to blow even bigger than this. And so I pray upon your life that even that name, favor that you picked for yourself, it will be a working principle in your life and in every mm-hmm. everything you do in your ministry and in your quest, you know, to have somebody be a crown over your head again, that it shall come to fruition. And I want to thank you deeply for even talking about something this private. I'm, I'm guessing it's probably your first time talking about it publicly. Yes, it's actually my first uh, time talking about it publicly. Uh, how do you feel? How do you feel about, you know? I, like I always say, it's for me. It's an open secret, so it's not a big deal. So I say it in small groups. Um, I'm very forward thinking about it. It was before the enemy was trying to put it in a shell, yeah. say uh, blah blah blah. But you know, you overcome them by the words of your testimony. And by the blood of Jesus, yes. and God has given me the opportunity that I am alive. I don't take being alive for granted. Oh, Maybe that's oh, why oh. I have a lot of energy. So I wake up in the morning. I'm not booting. I'm energized. There you go. There I'm, you I'm go. just energized to say I'm taking today, and by God's grace, we're conquering today. But thank you, thank you for you know sharing your story, especially the parts where they didn't really put you in the best of your know, light. And but I I like that you owned up to the story things you you know thought you could yeah. do better you could have done better and yeah. and I think there's a maturity and and growth that comes from that there's a mind growth mindset that comes from looking back and knowing that I wasn't always a victim in all of this some things happened to me yes but some things I allowed to happen that fostered this kind of environment and I think mm. the more we can have that talk with us, ourselves I think you can keep growing because you will never be in that position again once you can identify. Your triggers and your enabling factors, and so for those that are listening, you know whether you are divorced or currently going through this, um, my heart goes out to you. But know that you are no less of a person, regardless yeah. of what happened to you. There's a way God can restore you, and I do hope you have a relationship with God. But find people that can love you back, and when I mean people, it doesn't necessarily have to be like throwing yourself back in a romantic relationship. Mm. The love of family is the love of friends, the love of a mentor. People that can show you who you are, like help you get to where you need to be. Because, like, I always believe that regardless of your marital status or number of kids you have, you are an identity that has a purpose, and you have to find out what that is. It's exclusive mm. of your marital and you know the number of kids you have. Find that, find that purpose, and chase it. Because when all is said and done, what have you been able to do? What have you been able to contribute above and beyond being a missus or a mom or a dad or a mister? And that said, um, well, guys, this has been the episode with Inka. We've talked a lot about divorce and what happened before, during, the aftermath of it. And as you could tell from the story, it went from being dark to like being glorious and 
you know, there's still, it's not like an ending, but there's an end yeah. to what, what has been started. And I think the confidence I have as a Christian is that I always know the ending, you know, it's like when you watch a movie, no matter how they really victimize the main, mainly, you know, that at the end of the day, for most movies, if it's not one of those sad Korean ones, mm-hmm. the, the good guy wins, the bad guys, you know, they don't win. And as Korean, as I said, Koreans, as Christians, we have that. We know that you know. At the end of it, you know, you know, there's always there was there was the ending will always be good. You know, not mm-hmm. all good things will happen, but whatever happens, there's a way God uses it to turn it for good. And so that's the yeah. reminder I want to put to everybody's heart today. Whatever you're going through, I hope you're not living life alone. Surround yourself with people who can walk with you, walk through mm-hmm. you, pray over you, love in you, and show you just you know how much you're capable of doing. And I hope so. I, I really hope, you know, when I told you can want to share her story, one of the things I said was that I want this to be able to, people to be able to set their stories free, listen to her story. And I wish you can get to know Yinka on a personal level. There's something that she exudes, which it is just beyond just confidence. You can tell that this is somebody that is nestled in the arms of the father. And so I want to remind you, please, you know, get back to where you need to get to. And there's so much you have ahead of you. Um, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Don't forget to share this episode. Please keep sharing the, the podcast. Really, that's what helps us to grow and to you know get more listeners and get more guests and you know get more stuff to like you know help people you know get conversations going. And it's been nice you know just being on the show today with Yinka. And I remain your host, Masibo. So catch you guys on another episode of the Masibo Podcast. Love you all. Yinka, Bye. Love you. Have a good night. I love you too. Bye.